And welcome to Crash Chords Autographs. Today, Matt welcomes Christy B, solo nerdcore rapper from Virginia Beach and member of the rap group, The Nerdlux. Another musician privileged to work with some of the best in the industry, Christy B has exchanged collaborations with the one and only Schaefer the Dark Lord. She was featured in his single and music video, Boys, off the album Sick Passenger, and in turn, he was featured in her song, Ramona Flowers vs. The World, which will appear on her new album, slated for release in 2015. With Matt, Christy B. discusses how she entered the world of rap music, and specifically her foray into the community of nerdcore. They also discuss her tour with Michael Kill, and frequently digress into the movie, comic, and soundtrack of the highly influential Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. So without further ado, here's Matt Storm and Christy B. Hello, Christy B. Hello. How are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for agreeing to do the podcast. I'm very excited to get to talk to you. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited, too. Um, so I want to start off. Obviously, I first learned of your badass rapping skills from um, doing the song with Shape of the Dark Lord, Boys. Oh, uh, yeah. And I wanted to know how that connection happened. How did you end up hooking up with, with Schaefer to work on his newest record? Um, well, actually, uh, it's actually, it's kind of a long story-ish. It's kind of weird, too, but uh, it's actually really cool. Um, so a few years ago, uh, was the first time I ever saw Shape of the Dark Lord perform, um, and it was at the Auto Bar, and uh, he was on tour with MC Chris. And, uh, you know, during his set, you know, obviously he was like, hey, you know, like, I have social networking and all this kind of stuff, so you can find me on there, you can find me on Bandcamp, blah, 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 all this stuff. So, you know, of course, um, me and one of the members of the Nerdlux, uh, Control-Alt-D, or Daniel, uh, you know, of course, we get home after, you know, seeing such an awesome show, and we, we friend him on Facebook and stuff like that, yada, yada, yada. Well, a few months after that, um, I got a message from Schaefer on Facebook, and it was him being like, hey, I noticed that you're a rapper, because since we were Facebook friends, this was before Facebook decided that it wanted to do all that crazy algorithm stuff and just, like, you know, take links down, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, yeah, the stuff that really annoys independent artists these days. Um <laughs> And so I guess he'd seen some of the links that I'd put up to like, you know, new Nerdlux releases and like he listened and he was like, I'm very impressed. And I was just like, oh, my God, Shape of the Dark Lord's messaging me on Facebook. What kind of Twilight Zone episode is this? <laughs> and uh, I was really stoked. So that kind of like opened the doors for communication with us. Um, and then we just we actually became friends before anything else, you know, because like we have a bunch of similar interests, like, you know, music wise and, you know, and otherwise, too. Uh, and I actually ended up uh, just kind of ranting to him a lot about, you know, different situations that I had been put in, you know, with my uh, job and all of that. And I mostly just ranted about guys just being awful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, being like uh, the only girl in quite a few situations, like at my job and, you know, at home and just anything like that. It was always me ranting about like, these guys just think they can do whatever they want. Da, 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 da. And then he was like, you know what? Like, 
probably about like after like the fifth time that I had ranted about this and he was just like so you know upset for me uh you know just like you know what we need to make a song about this and I thought that it was just going to be like you know a single release maybe that you know had nothing to do with an album that he was working on like you know kind of like how Warrock does his stuff where he'll just like release a song every day or something like that sure I really thought that it was going to be you know just like a one-time little thing but uh it grew into something much bigger than I ever expected it to be. And that's probably over the span of, I want to say a year and a half, two years, our friendship uh, became more or less uh, something of like the, I guess a professional relationship where he has been helping me and coaching me through uh, this whole transition into actually being one of the rappers at the big kids table. (laughs) That's really cool. Yeah, I. it's funny, too, because like when, when Sick Passenger came out, there were a bunch of songs that I knew because I'd been friends with Schaefer for a little while already at that point. And we had done an interview for my website before I was doing a podcast years ago where we talked about how my favorite song was Tom Girl and how when is it going to be in an album? So when that album came out, I had known quite a few songs. But I remember getting to Boys and being like, what what is this this is amazing who the hell is christy b she's so awesome and then like i dived down the rabbit hole of the nerd lux and everything and when the best rap show ever happened uh earlier this oh year gosh. and i i was there and like i i arrived at the show and i was chatting with nelson lugo and i kind of did a double take when i saw you sing at the bar i was like oh they're gonna perform girl, uh, boys yay and then you did and it was amazing and i was blown away yeah, that was a great night, actually. That was the first night of the tour that I went on with Michael Kill, uh, and that was, it was everything that I had hoped it would be, and more, um, and because that was also a night where I got to, like, fangirl out about, like, quite a few people that I hadn't gotten to see in a while, and or hadn't ever met, like Damien, or MC Front a lot, uh, finally got to meet him, and I was extra stoked on that, and everyone was just super duper awesome, and I was really stoked, and excited it was an excellent kick off the tour yeah and i mean like that's why i chose to write about that show too because it was one of those things where i didn't just go to that show and get to see a bunch of rappers that i enjoyed but i because of it i became friends with tribe one and michael kill and i've successfully curated a very strong internet friendship with the two of them and with you just through the internet and it's been very cool to see artists that i really admire and like kind of just geek out and 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 exist and it's kind of awesome um, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Nerd Lux, who is, and it's funny too, because I know you've been rapping with the Nerd Lux for a while, but I discovered you as a solo rapper. So immediately after I heard Boys, I was like, oh, well, I'm going to go get her album too now. And I looked online and couldn't find anything. And then yeah, it brought me to I, the Nerd Lux and I was like, oh, she's in a group. Oh, cool. And of course I got all of the Nerd Lux stuff. That's really exciting that you actually like, you know, looked into all that. I know that I don't have a solo album out. Uh, yet and I keep talking about it I'm like soon guys it's coming soon and uh, it is I promise you I do have tracks that I have recorded in fact we're coming up on the one year anniversary of when I or actually I think we just passed it the one year anniversary of me going up to New York to record some of my tracks for my solo album and uh, there's still tons of stuff that I have to record and you know like do final copies of and all that so uh but as for the Nerd Lux stuff, I mean, some of the stuff that's been up there has literally been up there since the first time we decided to set up a recording booth in uh, Daniel's closet and just see what happens. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, it was just kind of cool to see that, like, I had known you just from the one song and then found all of this other stuff that existed. Um, have you 
been rapping for a long time did you were you into it since you were younger or is it something that you got into more recently um well i've always had a background with music um i mean i grew up in a very musical household my mom was a band nerd my father had nothing to do with music aside from the fact that he was an avid record collector i mean he taught me the ins and outs of how to keep and curate a record collection um which is why i you know i completely look up to my parents in that aspect uh, when it comes to music, they're the ones who planted this in my little brain. Um, and then when I got into high school and everything, um, you know, you go through that whole experimental phase where you're like, like checking out different music and stuff like that. And uh, I was a big theater and chorus nerd. A lot of like, you know, district chorus, city chorus, um, musicals, whatever. Um, but it wasn't really until uh daniel and i had seen mcrs and we were like you know what this seems like a lot of fun and like we were both uh you know brought up on likely brought up i mean like you know in middle school and everything we got into like the tony hawk soundtrack so that's like a lot of like you know punk rock but it also had a lot of rap on it and uh we're both really big dc boys fans we're the third member of the nerd Lux, and that's rusty um except the cron and uh like we were all just like yeah we can we can totally do something like this and so I hadn't been rapping. Like, I mean, I, well, that's a lie. I did rap at karaoke night <laughs> years <laughs> prior. Uh, but, I mean, that was never uh, an aspect of music or any genre that, like, I had actually, I, I couldn't see myself doing that. Had you asked me this, like, probably, like, five years ago, I would be like, me, rap, uh, what? Like, I'm going to leave that to the big boys and big girls. But, no, um, it all happened so quickly. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just a performer at heart, honestly. Uh, just I got a big heart for music. And uh, this being the genre that I have found my home in is actually pretty interesting and awesome. Even my parents think that it's cool. Like, So there's that. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I would never have guessed that that you weren't only, you only be like got really into rapping yourself very recently. You sound like a natural. I mean, I've heard tons of rap and I mean, you were one of the first rappers in a long time where I literally like was flabbergasted and, and got really into it. So oh, you definitely, wow. you, def you. you definitely have a direction in rap for sure. And I'm so excited to hear that you are still working on a solo record. Um, because yeah. I think it, that's going to be really great. I think that, um, you have a you have a unique voice in rap that I've not really ever heard before, so I'm excited to hear more of it. Thank you. Yeah, um, I I like to at least in some part um, acknowledge my background of being an English nerd uh, to that because you know I was really big into you know poetry in school and all that, and we would do those little like book fairs. I don't know if when you were in grade school they ever gave you those books that were like the blank page like hard back books and they were just like all right have at it right oh yeah totally and then like fill the ending pages up with as many poems or whatever that you want and i remember in the third grade that's when i started like i had a rhyming dictionary it was by like scholastic or something um and i've always i've always fancied myself a writer in that aspect i've got a lot of things to say uh all the time <laughs> um and it's been that way for years now and this is a really nice, awesome outlet because it kind of combines both my love for music and my passion for writing. Uh, I can be a little bit more verbose rather than being a singer. And I don't know. I don't think you can fit that many syllables in if you're actually like carrying on notes and stuff. 
Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. It does. Um, and and so um, I'm guessing that your connection to uh, touring with Michael Kill and Nerdcore in general stemmed from when you had first became friends with Schaefer. Was he the the starting point for kind of getting involved in Nerdcore? Um, I think actually my friendship uh, with uh, it well actually I think it was Niles uh, Tribe One who. Uh, there was this big show back in, um, I think it was 2012. Yeah, uh, that was um, the No Friends show. And it was mm -hmm. at a pizza place in Chesapeake, Virginia. Um, and I remember Niall hit me up on Twitter and was just like, hey, uh, we got this tour rolling through. And I didn't know if you wanted to help us out with like getting a date in Virginia because we were coming to that area. And of course, like, you know, I I was actually walking through a craft store with um, Daniel and Rusty, and then I get this direct message on Twitter, and I'm like freaking out in the middle <laughs> of this place. You know, it's like that scene and that thing you do, like when they hear themselves on the radio. Radio, like, yeah. It wasn't even that big. It was just like a direct message on Twitter. Um, and that's how I became friends with like Michael Kill, because the tour was uh, Tribe One, Michael Kill, Adam Warrock, and Jesse Dangerously. And uh, that's how I became friends with them. Uh, because up until then, I think Schaefer and I had just like been talking like, you know, sporadically throughout Facebook. Uh, it wasn't really like a big, huge thing yet. So that was also kind of a way to like, you know, get us in the door to be kind of like known on that circuit, um, which is really awesome. So it they kind of weren't really related, I don't think. Now that I think about it, that's the first time I've ever tried to like make that connection. And <laughs> Everyone was just kind of like coming to us because we were the young come ups in Virginia, and there aren't that many um, independent nerdcore or otherwise rappers in Virginia that would have been able to help them out with a show like that, honestly. Well, well, it's pretty cool then that you guys got to be, you know, the guys because you were, were there and it's, you know, kind of a right place, right time thing, which is kind of awesome. And I totally yeah. get that. I get that moment of like, like there, there, so Schaefer was recently on my other podcast, which is an album review show that we do in person. We have a guest, they bring an album and I finally got him on the show. And when he got to my apartment, I still have this moment of, oh, I'm recording with Schaefer the Dark Lord. This is awesome you know because i'm a yeah. fan of his music as well as a friend and it's just it's kind of awesome the way life kind of turns i mean you were talking about your parents influencing your interest in music even though they weren't specifically musicians technically um i'm the same way the reason i started a music website is because of my vast um taste in music because of my father's record collection because he has thousands and thousands of vinyl records so, oh yeah that's definitely you know and those in those embryonic stages of you developing interests and likes, I mean, like, your mind is just kind of like this little lump of clay, and whoever, you know, has, like, the, like, whether it's your parents or your friends or whoever, you know, has the most influence on you, like, they kind of help mold you into the awesome person that you are today, and I think my parents are definitely, uh, I don't want to say to blame, but uh, they're <laughs> definitely, they're definitely my, um, reason for being so active in music and I mean they're just awesome and it's and it's really cool too uh becoming friends with the people that you've looked up to for a while I mean never would I have imagined uh you know actually being able to you know just like sit down and like you know message one of the guys and just be like hey so uh I need your opinion on this that and the other can you help me with this you know da -da 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 -da, you know 
seeing as how, you know, a few years prior, I was just like sitting in my car, just like bumping their jams, you know? Exactly. Yes. I know exactly what you mean. It's like um, the first time I actually really got to know Tribe was when he was here for that show that you performed at as well. And uh, since then, we've become friends. And now he's going to be in town again this Friday for Schaefer's birthday. And like, we're going to oh, try yeah. and we're going to try and get together and play some magic, the gathering. And it's like, I, I sometimes oh, he loves that. Yep. So do I. I still mow my old decks because I'm a nerd. And yes, so, I really wish that I knew more about magic. Um, my One of my old roommates knew a lot about it. And then when I went on tour with Chill and like we ended up linking up with uh, Niles and Eugene quite a bit on that tour. Mm-hmm. So it was just like they would have their nights where they would just magic the gathering the heck out. And I'm just like, oh, cool. Well, I'm just going to sit here on the Internet and look at Internet things while you guys play magic. And but it's also it's, it's awesome. Like, I don't I don't ever. If I ever do joke anybody for playing magic, it's it's just I it's never any ill intent. It's always just me being a turd. <laughs> sure, of course. Well, and and I but it's never too late to learn, and I'm pretty confident that any one of them would be happy to show you how to play and and get you involved. So Since my from- attention span is that of someone who could maybe learn like three rules about it, and then just be like, all right, either let's play or I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, obviously your, your influence leans towards nerd core. You're a nerdy person and you're very open about that on the internet. Um, what would you say your biggest nerdy passion is like, is it video games, comic books? Is there one thing that's above everything else? Um, let's see my nerdy passions. Uh, I guess you'd have to say, well, I like speaking like strictly nerdy. I mean, like whether it's like Star Trek versus Star Wars or something like that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Or even, you know, specific TV, like TV shows or video games or movies. Well, oh man, Uh, this can go on forever. Um, (laughs) I am a really big fan of, uh, I guess my record collection would have to be one of my nerdiest things. I have a Discogs account on that website uh, where you can actually go through and be like, Oh, you have a first pressing of this, that, or the other. I'm a really big fan of dead formats. Um, I love VHSs a whole lot, actually. Uh, and I make it a point to, like, once a week, like, go scour the thrift stores in my area to find, like, old classic, like, B-film horror movies and, like, 90s cult classic films, like, teenage party movies, like, all that kind of stuff. And although it might not be, like, nerdy-nerdy, um, like, I think that me trying to get as much out of that, like, try to collect them all, in a sense uh i feel like that's really my passion when it comes to that uh other than that i mean it's definitely star wars all the way for me that was a thing that i was into as a wee little child um that's just kind of like grown with me um what else is there Uh, i hold dear to my sega genesis and all my games for that um trying to think like there's so many things that i can nerd out about uh the office was a really big thing for me still is a really big thing for me even though it's off the air now um Let's see. I'm a really big Marvel fan. Oh, yeah? Uh, Do you have a favorite Marvel hero? uh, Favorite Marvel hero? Well, I answered this question this past weekend, actually. It's Rogue, um, just because I think she's got a lot of layers to her, and her relationship with Gambit is just phenomenally awful. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I I mean, like, but honestly, um, one of my favorite parts of the Marvel Universe will probably be Scarlet Witch and Vision just because they're also messed up and how uh, horrible Scarlet Witch's mother is. <laughs> um, I Oh, yeah, and I also love Cloak and Dagger. Uh, that's an amazing story. Um, man, 
I always feel like I'm put on the spot with like this whole like, so what's your favorite nerdy thing? It's like, well, I have a lot of them, you see. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, I mean, ultimately, when talking about this kind of stuff, you can only scratch the surface. I mean, I think when I did an interview with Tribe, we spent a good solid 20 minutes just talking about Magic the Gathering and video games. So. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, uh, I used to be really big into video games. Um, not so much as of late because, like, there's been a lot of other stuff on my plate. I used to manage a locally operated um, video game store in this area, and that got me... It, it's kind of like, as much as I loved, like, knowing so much about video games and being able to drop knowledge, it was also one of those things that, like, became way too much a part of my life that was kind of, like, tearing me away from other people. Uh, where I had to like back away from it after a while. And plus it was also really tiring uh, having to defend myself as a female, uh, being a manager of a store, like having kids come in that were much younger than me being like, oh, well, do you even know about Battletoads? I'm just kind of like, okay, son, uh, sit down a second and let me tell you what I know. (laughs) Like, I don't feel like I should ever have to prove myself in that aspect. So that was another thing that kind of like wore me out and just was like, Maybe I should just take a knee from this whole gaming bit for a minute. And then I ended up uh, unearthing a lot of my other passions. So. Yeah, I, I mean, just just observing, it's exhausting. So I can't even imagine experiencing it. I mean, it's aggravating on a daily level, um, being a, a white dude in gaming and, and all the bullshit that everybody else goes through. And, you know, obviously I'm not put through it and it and it sucks also that i feel like no matter what i say or do the majority is still winning and it's 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 just it's bullshit you know the the stuff that that you guys have to go through and you know that's why i think a song like boys is so important you know because you you guys essentially targeted uh, nerd culture and said hey assholes wake up and you know uh, i know that like I'm lucky enough to like be surrounded by a group of very caring and very, um, I guess, sensitive almost to a point, uh, men who actually understand the, the problems with nerd culture and the nerd community. Um, and I, I'm lucky in that sense. And I know there are a lot of females out there who aren't. Um, who like have to sit alone, you know, with their, you know, map gathering decks or with their, you know, DSs and like, you know, just be like, well, I can like this stuff in private, but out in public, like if I even, you know, wear a shirt of one of my favorite fandoms, like I'm going to get 20 questions as to why I'm wearing it as opposed to a, Hey, I like your shirt. I like that too. Later. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm very lucky. I am extremely lucky in that sense that I do not have to go through the ringer with that. Um, I read an article, this was like, this was blown up on Facebook like a year or so ago where the little girl got picked on at school because she had like a lunchbox that had like transformers or something on it, you know? Yeah. And I can't remember the specifics about it, but I remember this little girl was just being like targeted. And when I say little, I mean like third grade or maybe even second grade. And that tears me apart that like, if you are that passionate at such a young age about something and and people are already shooting you down because you're a girl and you're supposed to like something. They're putting you in that, they're pigeonholing you. Like, that irks the hell out of me. Like, let people like what they like. And you don't have to quiz them. Just let people live. 
It's like yeah. that whole thing back from middle school, like, can I live though? Basically is the motto. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it, and it's mind blowing to me growing up. I'm sure this will shock you that I was a nerdy kid growing up. I know. Uh, yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, and like, if, if I saw a girl in third grade had a Transformers lunchbox, I'd want to do whatever it takes to be her friend. I would follow her everywhere. Like, you know, it's, I don't, I don't get this, this need to prove that you know more or you're better, um, you know, just because you're, it's your thing, you know, it can be everybody's thing, you know, not, exactly. you don't own that fandom. It's like the people, I have a friend who craps on new fans of Doctor Who because they don't like the writing or they don't like the, the, what, you know, the, the new doctor or whatever else. And it's like, there's inherent problems with a lot of stories, but if someone really enjoys it, let them enjoy it. Don't call them out for enjoying it just you don't enjoy it you know and like nerds aren't the only ones guilty of this either um i think that a lot of it is also the internet makes it a lot easier for people to like uh complain about things and and point things out and make things a big deal like the music scene like different genres and stuff like that i mean for years you know people are like oh well you're just a poser i know everyone remembers that from like the eighth grade Uh, everyone's like oh well you listen to Green Day and Blink-182, you're not punk rock or you're not this, that, and the other. And it's just like, we're all guilty of it at some point. We're all little elitists at some point. But sure. eventually you have to like grow up and shake that because you're not the only person that is allowed to like something. And I think that that's like, I, of course, like I target nerd culture because like I go to conventions and festivals and, you know, I cosplay and I've got, you know, plenty of people that are friends in this community that are the same as me and um so it's easier for me to talk about that in that respect because I think that I'm around it more often but I mean that can be said for like anything honestly I think that you know the music scene is like that I don't know if sports fans are like that or not I'm gonna go on ahead and assume sure (laughs) yeah I mean you do you definitely come across it I mean and and it and it sucks you know I try and you know I mean I do a weekly album review show so I try to not be you know I don't have a I try not to have a prejudice about any kind of music and you know I'm often surprised when I don't have a prejudice and then I find something that I actually really like that I didn't think I wouldn't you know growing up I had a huge prejudice against country music for no reason other than I just didn't like it and I I think everyone goes to that phase fair (laughs) enough (laughs) but but now as an adult I've actually found a lot of artists that I really enjoy who actually do quite a lot with the genre I just don't like the boring uninspired stuff and it's yeah and that can be said for any genre honestly I mean like there a lot of acts that are pop acts and rock acts that just like phone it in all the time and it's just like that formulaic kind of like just tiresome bit that you know people do and I know a lot of people like associate with country they're like oh my dog died and my wife left me and like <laughs> I mean you know you know so that all that really just like bums us out but I mean like a bunch of different genres that are actually very interesting that I never would have thought that I would have liked until I got a little bit older and decided to expand my mind even more and just quit having this whole uh, facade of, oh, well, I'm strictly a punk rocker, you know, like, yeah. I feel like we just went completely away from the question that you asked, but it's fine. This is what, you know, it's an interesting conversation. That's all this is truly about. Um, and finding out more about you. I mean, uh, I, I think that it, it's really interesting when you look at the industry that way, especially considering like growing up, I loved everything from heavy metal to rock to rap. 
But, you know, I got shit for liking rap when I was a young white kid, because what the hell did I know about rap, according to other people? But now it's like, I like that there's a niche for everybody. And obviously, that's yeah. why I dove into Nerdcore so hard, because I saw... The first time I ever saw a Nerdcore show, it was um, MC Fun A Lot and Schaefer the Dark Lord. It was also the first time I met Schaefer. It was his birthday show like three or four years ago. And like, I, I saw them perform in Brooklyn and I'm like, wait, you can do this? You can rap about video games and, and, and movies? Like what? Like I was blown away. I had no clue, you know? And then of course through yeah. the... The, the Wikipedia and Spotify rabbit hole, it's like, then I discovered all these other apps. Oh, yeah. That is a very real thing, that Wikipedia rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> the depths of Wikipedia that I've traveled to at like 4 o'clock in the morning trying to learn about something new that I've recently become obsessed with is just, it's almost embarrassing, but it's like, it's a lot of fun, too, because like you're expanding your knowledge on a lot of stuff. And uh, my first uh, quote-unquote nerdcore show, I guess, was a few... I say a few years ago. I mean, like, this was, like, 2008, maybe, 2007. Maybe even earlier than that. I can't remember specifically, but it was an old venue in Virginia Beach, uh, which is where I'm based out of. Um, and uh, it was a patent pending show, actually. There nice. like, used to be a punk ska band. Um, oh, I know patent pending. I'm actually friends with Joe. I love those guys. Oh, yeah. They were awesome as hell. And uh, I was there for them because I was like, hell, yeah, there's a show down to the beach of course so me and my best friend went and mc lars was the opening act oh nice and we had no idea what to expect my best friend and i are standing in the back of the venue and like there's this guy up there and he's just got this projector screen and he's got like music videos that like coincide with like the topics of the song he showed the video for ahab like uh just like all this stuff and he even called for a tetris mosh pit at one point and i was just like this guy is awesome like he does not give any cares whatsoever this is so cool and he's rapping and i like rap i do like i in middle school the first two rap albums that i ever got my little pause on it was that eve album with love is blind on it and blueprint and jay-z's blueprint was like one of those albums that completely just kind of like man that was just i had to hide the cd from my parents because I, they wouldn't let me listen to a lot of cusses oh no <laughs> But, well, all the cats uh, out of the bag now. Oh yeah, man, your daughter swears. No way. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like I, I just remember being completely enamored by his whole act, and like afterwards, like I picked up his uh, EP, or actually it was the LP, it was his whole album. Um, and it was kind of like that was in my brain, and then so from then on, like I had followed him like on social media, and then it wasn't until a few years later that I actually got to be even more involved with the scene and right i started from the bottom now we're here guys there so. you go <laughs> um have you so obviously i know your album is still in the works and you probably can't let too many secrets out yet but are there any um big collaborations that you're doing on the record that you're excited about that you can talk about a little or um i mean well i feel this is a given i mean shaper is going to be on the album uh there's a song uh, where we are two characters from a very, very uh, spectacular movie slash comic book slash whole entire uh, life-changing event for me. It's from Scott Pilgrim. Oh, I'm, nice. I'm say, yeah, he's, a, he's Gideon and I'm Ramona, and it's a song called Ramona Flowers versus the World. Uh, it's phenomenal. Um, I actually, this past weekend, uh, after NecoCon, uh, 
Tribe One and I have discussed having a song together. And uh, really, since I have no deadline for my album to be out, which the album's going to be called 27, because uh, there's a whole thing about like rock stars and 27 years old, and you can join the 27 clubs, white lighters, da 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 da, like all that. I'm sure you've heard about the sure. whole stigma behind that. So uh, I'm still, I'm going to be 27 until next April 30. So that's going to have to be released sometime within those next few months. But um, Niles and I are hopefully going to have a song together on that. If not, it'll just be released as a nice little one-off single. Um, but as of right now, those are the only two features that I have, uh, like, definitely. Okay, well, I'm already sold and will buy the album day one. Not that I wasn't going to anyway, but because you mentioned my Facebook of all time... Oh, yeah. So wow. the funny thing about my first interview with Schaefer's is before I had the means and technology to have a podcast. So it was a transcribed interview from a audio recording at a bar that we did. And we have like a 20 minute digression about Scott Pilgrim when I interviewed him. And since like there of us bring it up, that's it. The whole conversation is dead. It's only Scott Pilgrim for like the next 20 minutes. So the fact that oh. you you are making a song about Scott Pilgrim makes me very excited. So that's oh, very yeah. cool. I was, I was sold on Scott Pilgrim the minute that I touched one of the books and then the movie came out and I remember opening night of the movie I left the theater my cheeks were hurting because I had smiled my whole entire way through watching these books come to life in such a way that was like easily digestible and just like visually stunning and just witty and hilarious and it's everything that the books were but packed into this visual experience that could just like it it pleased the escapist in me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I walked out of that movie and I was like, so they made a movie for me, but what about everybody else? Like, I felt like that movie was just made me. That it, I connected to it, to it so much, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it, it's phenomenal. And, I mean, I I wouldn't have changed a thing about it, honestly. Something that to the screen adaptation of it. I mean, like, there's always going to be things that are like that they just don't acknowledge. And I think that with Scott Pilgrim versus the world, I think that they kind of just nailed it entirely um and they made it uh, just perfect and i mean like i've talked to some people who were like yeah but i really wish that they would have you know gone into this and i'm like no there's too many like you know tangents that are like perfect for the book but the, the theme of the movie and and everything that happens in the movie i think it's just perfect for people who actually maybe want to get into the book I oh absolutely Absolutely. Like I'd only read the first book when I got, when I saw the movie and then I immediately went and bought the entire set right after I saw it, you know? Yeah. Brian Lee O'Malley is a freaking genius. Have you read second yet? Not yet. I've been meaning to, but I have not yet. Oh man, you're going to love it. <laughs> uh, it's funny. I went to Comic-Con a few years back and I was cosplaying as Scott and I walk by, but I think one of his um, editors was, or someone from the company that sells Scott Pilgrim. And like, uh -huh. as I'm walking past the booth, someone grabs my arm and he's like, that's awesome. Here's a free bracelet and a free this and a free that. I was like, woo. That is so cool. Yeah. I, I actually cosplay as Ramona Flowers, like on the regular at conventions. Um, in fact, this past Saturday at NecoCon, uh, Schaefer and I were actually Ramona and Gideon. So Excellent. That's amazing. That. Yeah, yeah on, um, on Halloween, I was Scott this year. Well, Scott with long hair because I couldn't be bothered to cut my hair. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Your hair is looking shaggy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Exactly. Uh, that that would have been the first thing for you to do, just have the hat with you, and anyone who says anything otherwise, just, just put, put the, the hat, hat on. on. <laughs> and act all like frantic. You're just like, oh my god, <laughs> better short, wouldn't it? I think another thing that really made that movie such an incredible experience was the soundtrack. I've never heard a soundtrack for a movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. The fact that Beck did all the songs that were like the Clash of Demon, well, not the Clash of Demon Head, actually, that was Metric, uh, but uh, all the Sex Bob um, and then like. Um, Crash and the Boys, like I love all of that. I love how that was Beck and that he he's like one of my favorite artists of all time because he's just very uh, he's easily I, I don't know how to say this without like I mean he can go from like one weird thing to another weird thing. Like he was actually on Childish Gambino's uh, Royalty EP, um, and he does like a little rap bit in this song called Silk Pillow, and listening to Beck like do this like. Of course, he's done talking over tracks, you know, many times before in his career. But the fact that it was on a Gambino EP, I'm just like, that's nice. Like, that's really awesome. It's weird enough, and it works. And so I'm into it. But, I mean, I made sure to get my paws on a copy of that soundtrack, like, ASAP. That's actually part of my record collection. And can we talk about the Scott Pilgrim video game? Oh, my God. That that first of all, I mean, you you have a, a side-scrolling beat 'em up for Xbox Live, and not only is it an homage to everything from the '90s, but on top yep. of that, the entire soundtrack is Anamana Gucci. Dude, I know. Like Anamana Gucci is phenomenal. I actually had to see them live in Richmond uh, a year ago. Oh, that's they, awesome. Oh man, they're they're some really cool dudes. Like I didn't get to meet them or anything, but I mean, like just knowing that they're you know making their music and like. I for the longest time I assumed that it was all just like maybe like some guy with drums and then like a bunch of keyboards and stuff. As it turns out, they're big pedal nerds, which is really awesome. Um, yeah. And it's actually guitars and stuff. That was mind blowing in and of itself. <laughs> and I love Anamana Gucci. I mean, and then the fact that like Niles is the Anamana Gangster EP. I was just gonna bring that up. Yeah. That I mean, that's the EP that got me into him because I had not really heard a lot by him, and that's of course available for free on his Bandcamp because he samples Anamana Gucci. And mm-hmm. I was just blown away by it. And the funny thing is I would listen to the songs and be like, why do I know this? The music sounds familiar. Like I knew it was Anamana Gucci, but it turns out a lot of the songs are from the Scott Pilgrim game. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think that that record's fantastic because he takes something that exists and makes it his own. And he does such great things with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I See what I said about Scott Pilgrim before? 20 minutes. Yep. Side tangent. You know, but it was a self-fulfilling prophecy, I think. <laughs> I think so, too. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and it's and it's funny, too, because uh, Scott Pilgrim is one of those movies where the hero isn't really a hero. Like, I end up really liking Scott as a character, but he's a terrible person, more or less, throughout mm-hmm. most of the movie until the end where he finally realized, oh, I'm a douche whoops yeah that's like brian lee o'malley's whole thing like he likes to write these characters that have these like you know just endearing traits to them but like if you take a step back and you look at them you're like man everyone is just horribly flawed much like we are regular people and we're flawed as well but there are these things about them that just like draws us into it and it's like also his art style and everything but um yeah like i i love the fact that they are excellent uh to be like to get into them but then like if you take a closer look yeah they're a bunch of assholes <laughs> <laughs> and and speaking of beck and all the writing he did like i want him to write a full sexual bomb album i want a 10 track sexual bomb album because those songs oh, were yeah. amazing 
They really were, though. I mean, like, I'm a big fan of just, like, lo-fi vocals, like, weird, crunchy, distorted bass. Um, I I love that whole that whole bit of the genre. And, I mean, like, taken aback when I saw the movie and all the music that they play within it. And, of course, let's not forget um, the Beachwood Sparks cover of By Your Side. Oh, yeah. Is just an eye for. And Metric's appearance on the soundtrack is phenomenal. Also, um broken social scene when they that little that little part where they see Niamh Chow after the um the band battle yep and they play the anthems of a 17 year old girl yep uh like that little part right there like a few of us that were in the row like a, like we almost took up like a whole row because we had a bunch of people with us for the midnight viewing and like we all like put our heads forward we looked at each other and we're like oh my god is that broken social scene holy <laughs> shit like this we're big music nerds in that sense and so any little like you know reference to anything like that gets us completely amped so that well, soundtrack was just off the wall me. yeah i've been wanting to do a segment for my website for a long time where i compare soundtracks and movies side by side and the first one i talked about doing though it was a year ago that i wrote the intro article for it but the original the first one i was going to do was compare the scott pilgrim movie side by side with the soundtrack and do they measure up together do they help hurt obviously they help each other um spoiler oh, yeah. alert but but like i still want to write that article because i think it's fascinating how good they go together whereas a lot of movies seem very divorced from the music that's in them or they're just it's background and backdrop not actual influence on the content oh yeah and i think that um i think that the 90s actually a lot of the soundtracks that were like coinciding with the movies, I think the nineties kind of crushed the game with that. I mean, like, cause they would get like, you know, all these like big names on the soundtracks and then they would be like, they would be in the movie. And then like, uh, nowadays, I'm not saying like nowadays, like movies don't have the same kind of soundtracks. I mean, like, but the only movies that I can really even think of right now, and of course I'm going to be wrong, but being on the spot like this, the game tracks have stood up over time, you know, like sure. they like have like a really famous person, like do like the title song. And then from there, it's just like, you know, orchestral bits and whatever. But, um, I think in the nineties, I mean, you know, they've got like soundtracks, like Bullworth soundtrack and we've got, uh, even like I guess the late eighties, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle soundtrack. Uh, oh yeah. We got all the Batman soundtrack. I don't know. Like I think of the nineties, the late eighties to the nineties, maybe even early two thousands. I think those soundtracks really had their fingers on the pulse of what people liked about the music that was inside the movies, and then they made it, you know, like a thing. Like I had never wanted to pick up a soundtrack for a movie recently until I saw Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, like that's how much the soundtrack had an influence on me, and that's how much it impacted me. So. Yeah, and since you mentioned it before, the the original Ninja Turtles movies, um, their soundtracks were amazing. And if you haven't heard it yet, for, I think it was for um, a, a Kickstarter goal or did a cover of T U R T L E Power from that original Turtle wow. movie. So if you have not heard that yet, please go look it up because it's fantastic. Yeah, no, I actually of of everything like I'm. I'm like actually uh, really cool with random. Like Raheem comes through here, like he's played Virginia Beach a few times. And um, like, that's one thing of his that I didn't know. But then again, all of my friends within that scene, like honestly, they release so much music that like there's only a handful of them that like, I know most of their catalog, but like people like Eugene and Raheem <laughs> and all of them, like they've got like millions of songs and I'm just kind of like, oh, I feel like such a little baby. I don't know all these things, but. 
Yeah, I I've, I've slowly caught up with Adam's Adam Warrock stuff over the last year or two, but it took a while. Like, um, it was funny actually. I was home most of the day while he was doing his twenty four hour rapathon. So every time, like, I would just refresh hour or so and then download the next song and listen to nice. that song and like. So I made it, and I, it's funny. I'm such a music nerd, and I have to organize everything that I have an album set up on my iPod called Twenty Four Hour Rapathon, and all the songs in the correct track order of release from as he was releasing them on the Tumblr. Yo, I respect you for that, though, because, I mean, like, I try to keep my music organized like that, too. Um, that was a really big thing for me a while back. Me and my best friend, uh, he actually had one of those Dell jukeboxes, I think. Was that oh, the, wow. Yeah. yeah. I remember, like, when they had, like, the Zooms, and then, like, the iPods were, like, on the come up, and then, like, it was a Dell jukebox. My friend and I got really into, like, organizing our music. We got, like, a compilation. Like, the album title would be you know, this compilation album and then like it would be like the song track slash the artist as yeah. like, the song title and then the yeah, so when it comes to organizing music on an iPod or whatever music thing that you use, I'm I love that I get to meet people that are just as awesome. So Oh, oh yeah. So I'm definitely if nothing else O C D about keeping that stuff organized. It's it's to the point where recently I you know, I, for whatever reason, a certain album I had downloaded um, through iTunes didn't have the right track order. So when I was listening to it on my iPod, it was in the wrong track order and it irked me so much I had to delete it and reorganize it. I couldn't just let it be because I had it on my iPod already. I had to fix it. Kindred spirits, man. Let me tell you, that's, that's <laughs> a real struggle. Like, honestly, like, and some people, like, if I have, like, another one of my friend's iPods or whatever and I'm, I'm looking for something, and, like, I'm also a really... I guess this falls into, like, the spectrum of, you know, being nerdy about certain things. Mm -hmm. um, like, I can't just have, like, an artist up there with, like, one song underneath the name. Like, it has to be the whole entire album, even though I only like one song off the album. Same here. And I don't know how it came to be so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really, like, an OCD thing for me, I think. Then um, I definitely understand the whole, like, deleting it and then, like, you know, editing everything and then like putting it back on there just recently i did this yesterday um i discovered someone named the living tombstone he's an israeli remix artist and he did a remix song for five nights at freddy's which is this really creepy steam game where you're locked mm -hmm. in a Chuck E. cheese kind of place and the animatronics roam and will kill you if they find you oh my god that's like my worst nightmare what mine too and so he made a song <laughs> about it and it's this really catchy techno song with poppy lyrics about this terrifying situation and so I wanted that song but i was like well i can't just i can't just download the one song because then like what else will i listen to so i scoured his catalog and found at least 10 other songs that i liked so i could have that one song on my ipod and there you go and this yeah. is why we are friends <laughs> <laughs> um the uh, the next thing i wanted to ask actually after that huge awesome tangent was um so obviously you're working on a new record and i'm sure have any plans to go on tour soon and hit up some states or are you taking a break um, to focus on the record um not really soon i know that i want to get something again like maybe in february or march um because going out on the road last year with michael chill was actually kind of a last minute thing mm -hmm. and i wasn't that prepared for it but i was prepared enough to be like all right let's just do it yolo um so <laughs> Next time I hit the road, I do want to have a full length with me. Um, and I would also like to travel in the months that are not so frigid and snowy and icy and just dangerous. Because <laughs> um, I would like to go back up to New York and I want to make, you know, like I kind of want to go out. I want to go like 
over to Philly. I want to go to Pittsburgh. Um, I would like to travel down south some too. Uh, this is all me kind of like just brainstorming right now out loud, actually. But um, do you want to hit the road uh, within the foreseeable future, like preferably before my next birthday, because that's when the album is just still going to be very relevant. Um, sure. It'll be relevant no matter what. But uh, I mean, I, like, you know. I absolutely agree. It. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, um, I definitely want to get this, everything just like squared away with it. Cause right now I've got maybe five or six songs that are like definite and then everything else. I'm just going to be like, uh, I've got, uh, Daniel from the nerd Lux working on a couple of beats for me now, uh, that are going to be sampling some really cool things. Um, so I want those on the album for sure. Uh, but I don't really have any plans in like, you know, the next like month or so, like okay. that's just going to be me recording and everything like that. Um, playing shows locally. I'm actually doing, um, I'm doing two solo shows within the near future. I'm opening up for Dean Buggers, this guy named Tim. I know Dean D. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. He's like, he's super rad. And, uh, he's going to be coming through, uh, Virginia beach in the future. And uh, I'm going to be opening for him solo act. And then, um, Rusty, uh, the third member of the Nerd Lux, uh, sure. he's got another band called Trustfall. Um, and they are actually more of a, like a 90s streamo revivalist group. Um, just like really like dark. Um, they're a three piece and uh, they're, they're amazing and they're making big moves and they're doing a lot of stuff and they're going to have their album release show in Virginia Beach and I'm going to open for them because uh we're all really good friends and they love doing the mixed genre shows. We all had our hand in this place called the shack. Uh, it was just around for a year. Um, mm-hmm. Michael kill got to play there. Tribe one got to play there. Random played there. Uh, Lewis logic got to play there. Nice. Uh, yeah. Like we had a lot of really awesome shows there, but, um, in that time we learned that mixed genre shows, like you have like a rap group play and then you have like, you know, this like indie band play. And then you've got like, you know, you, you can just mix up everything and the show is just so refreshing and awesome because don't get me wrong i love just like straight up like you know rap shows and straight up just like punk shows but i mean that's just a lot of fun to have plus i think it's an accurate representation of what they embody as a band as people and also just as a full ensemble so sure um, i'm going to be opening up uh just rapping about a lot of my sad girl stuff <laughs> nice. which, will, which will be a lot of fun uh and I, and I say sad girl stuff and i noticed that i've been using that a lot to describe um what i rap about in my solo work um and it's not like depressing you know da 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 omg i'm so upset about this breakup it's just more or less like if i took a couple of pages out of like a diary that i don't really like i don't write in a diary but i mean like if i would just take a couple pages out of there take some of the like more sad aspects of it and just be like hey but guess what like i'm still alive after all this so i'm gonna keep doing me basically so when i say sad girl it's not like you know just depressing grim stuff so uh, well there's a place for all that stuff though and i feel like depressing stuff always has a place but also depressing stuff that you come out of with an enlightenment the best stuff that's my favorite stuff and um niles actually tribe one uh he he is just one of my closest friends in the scene just because, like, I always have my heart to heart with him because we've been mm-hmm. in for a while. And um, 
it's just really awesome uh, because I was like, dude, I have a song that's like, my life is just an Ouroboros of bad choices, da -da 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 -da, like all this kind of stuff. And I don't really know uh, where all that fits in genre-wise, like, because I don't think my solo stuff is necessarily nerdcore. I might right. make references to certain things, but as a whole, it is not. A, a necessarily a nerdy experience mm -hmm. and he was just like well the thing about rapping about your feelings is, is that everybody's got feelings so everyone can relate to some point and that's when i'm just like oh i'm a feelings rapper cool <laughs> so uh niles definitely helped me have not such a panic attack over being like well what where do i where do i stand what's my genre da, 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 da. so um i think that i hopefully if nothing else, I come off as relatable. Oh, well, I, I can't imagine you wouldn't. And also, I mean, I found with a lot of the nerdcore rap is that it's not always just nerdcore because it's, it's got nerdy content. It's the people who make it, too. I mean, if you look at Michael Kill, a lot of his music is depressing and life experience and stuff. He doesn't really oh, yeah. rap about a lot of video games, but he's still a pinnacle in nerdcore because I think it's how he how he operates and what he's passionate about and i think honestly it's a community for people who just are looking for somewhere to be and i think that's that's really yeah, the thing it's about a, it's it it's a really awesome and accepting community i mean honestly like again if you'd asked me five years ago like if you decided to make a solo thing or a group you know musical experience uh for anybody or with anybody uh where do you think you would see yourself i would i would probably just be like on a DIY circuit, you know, just like not really affiliated with anybody, but just like, you know, we have to like, you know, boost ourselves up. Like I know for a fact that I can speak for at least the group that I'm in, the Nerdlux, and for myself personally, where we're not looking to get signed with any of our stuff. I mean, being an independent artist is, uh, there's like two sides to the coin. It, and I've learned the second side of it, you know, being, you know, around the guys, uh, I say the guys like you know Niles and Eugene and all them like mm -hmm. where the side that I see is just like it's just nice getting your voice awesome seeing people like you know come together as a community and help each other out and boost each other up and then the other side to being an independent artist that's not like signed or anything that has to do all this stuff on their own is like yeah it is kind of like um, not a poor existence uh, but it is definitely like one that you have to question like are you sure you're going to be okay like living off of pizza and and ramen and stuff like that you know uh trying to get your music out there and um i mean i don't think i would trade any of this whirlwind experience for you know anything else i mean it's it's amazing and i just i really don't know uh the turning point for when all this happened, but I can truly say that like, I'm glad to be part of it. And I don't think that I would accept my life any other way at this point. I think that's a fantastic way to wrap up this podcast and a wonderful sentiment. Um, Christy B, you've been a pleasure to talk to. It's been wonderful knowing you. And I'm so excited to see what you do in the coming years as a best rap whirlwind. Aww. Thanks. Like, that's really awesome to hear stuff like that. And also, props to you, man, for, like, having an awesome podcast and just, like, interviewing all these people and, you know, actually showing the other side of the person that's on stage because I'm sure sometimes the two of them just, they don't seem like they would coincide, but you're actually making us a lot more um, relatable. And that's really awesome. Well, thank you. It's something I've always wanted to do. 
uh, for a very long time. And, you know, I, it was always just a matter of finding a means and, um, it's, it's a blast. I mean, a lot of the, the best part about having a lot of the nerdcore artists on is that I met you guys all around the same time and we sustained this excellent friendship through the internets and, and it, it's really curated by all of the things that we all love and are interested in. And it makes it a very strong community. Anybody that I have a connection with on, I mean, I'm happy to interview people I have never met as well, but it's always the conversation gets a certain kind of, gets to a certain kind of level when you actually know the person beforehand. I mean, when I was talking to Michael Kill, like I've been talking to him for so long that it just, it felt so natural and same with you. It's just, you know, you're an intelligent person who knows what she likes and is a badass and it made it so easy. And so thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. This is awesome. Great. I'm well, and and I'm, I'm glad that you enjoyed it too. That's important. If you had been bored the whole time, that would have been bad. Um, the episode will probably go up sometime next month. It's on a biweekly release and I have a few banked, but it will definitely be up before the end of the year. And um, thank you again, Christy B, for taking the time. I'm excited that next time you come to New York, let me know. Dude, definitely. I will be all about that. And I will catch you on the internet. Thanks, Christy. Sweet. No problem. You have a good night, dude. You too. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed these interviews, please subscribe to this and the Crash Chords podcast on iTunes, where you can also rate us and review us. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Crash Chords Web, our Tumblr, and our YouTube channel. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to post in the comment area below each post. And keep the discussion going, because remember, music is life, and life is good.